Welcome to the Wild Expansion Podcast. My name is Myra and I am an abundance coach. I help heart-centered individuals create the life that they want to live. I believe that our scarcity mindset is holding us back, but it can be changed and I want to show you how. This podcast is full of meaningful conversations with inspiring entrepreneurs on how to live a more fulfilled life. You will learn some tips, tricks and tools that you can implement into your own life to help level up and achieve greatness. Welcome to another episode of the Wild Expansion Podcast. This week I am speaking with the talented Devi. Devi is a hypnotherapist and an actor. She shares in this podcast how to go with the flow of life and the importance of tapping into your creative power deep within you because you have gifts that you need to share with the world. That's why you're on this planet and it's so important that you realise that you need to find your gifts because the world does need them. In this conversation, the sound quality isn't the best. Let me explain. So basically, the software that I have been using to edit my podcast has decided to crash on me so I am reteaching myself how to learn a new software and with this podcast it wasn't recording in as good of quality as I had hoped for and it's like starting anything new right like it's really hard at the start to learn the ropes but once you learn it it gets easier whenever I first created a podcast the first month was very challenging just because it was all new to me but then I got very good at it but now I feel like I'm starting all over and it's quite challenging again because I'm relearning a new software. This also applies to you in your life. If you are changing from your old limiting beliefs to your new abundance beliefs, if you're rewiring your subconscious for positivity it's really challenging at the start because you are throwing out everything that you previously knew to reprogram yourself for success. And just like me relearning this podcast software, it reminds me about how tough it is at the start. It can feel really disorientating and frustrating and you just want to go back to your old ways. But promise me that you will persevere and get through this. This is just the initial stage of your growth. It is really tough at the start, but it will get easier with time and it will be so, so worth it. And with that said, I'll now let the podcast conversation start with Desi. And again, please do not pay any attention to the poor sound quality of the podcast. I hope that Desi's words of wisdom will compensate up for that. Enjoy the show. So welcome to the Wild Expansion Podcast, Desi. For anyone who doesn't know what a clinical hypnotherapist does, would you mind giving a brief explanation about what you do? So um, hypnosis, we call it clinical hypnotherapy because uh, we want to differentiate between that and um, stage hypnosis. You know, so in clinical hypnotherapy, we we work we can we work with vocational and avocational, right? So it's whether Originally, the, the term is that. So if you've, got, um, if you've got any habits you'd like to change, you want help uh, with uh, certain um, fears that you might have, uh, if you feel like you're sabotaging your success uh, with uh, you know, negative patterns. Um, and sometimes you do work alongside a psychologist if the psychologist, of course, refers us clients. We can work with that. We can help um, with anxiety disorders. We can help uh, with depression. We can help with uh, insomnia. Um, it's pretty much anything and everything to do with the mind. So one day after probably two months of constantly encountering various hypnotherapists or friends that had gone to hypnosis, I, I woke up with this voice in my head saying, I've got to be a hypnotherapist. Do you think that's very... Um... Like a very important way to live. Yeah, they can follow that voice, follow that little voice in your head. Absolutely, 100%. percent. Every time, it's proven to me time and time again that whenever I, I follow it, I truly commit to it, mm-hmm. it never leads me astray. And it, everything just happens so easy. Like when we listen to that voice, 
we see how the path is opening up. It's everything is there. You don't have to even work hard for it. You've got to dedicate yourself to it, yes, and focus, but you don't have to put so much effort. And do you think listening to that voice is part of the reason you're in Brazil now? Yes. Yes, I think so. I feel that way. I feel that I, I from now on, I've kind of said, place me where I'm most needed. Mm-hmm. So, yes. So I do, I always follow that. I feel, okay, like this is where I'm needed, whether it's for my own soul, which is always like that. You, you know, your soul has to grow, but you're also there to be of service. And whenever you do go into a new country, because you've done a bit of traveling, how do you find your tribe in that area? Um, I would say like my, my tribe finds me, to be honest. Um, I'm just very open, you know, I'm very open to it. I am very open to to finding my tribe, to communicating with people. Um, everywhere I go, I, I reach out. I start the conversation. You know, I'm never too shy. I, tr- I try to communicate. Uh, I, you know, I greet people. I ask them questions. If I see something, I say it. And that opens people up to you, you know, and then you find out that eventually, oh, yes, we're so much alike. And boom, suddenly we're friends. Suddenly, you know, we think, and I think that we attract people in our wavelength, you know, we're mirrors, we're constantly reflecting. And Delhi, do you think like real life interaction is just as important as like, you know, virtual online? Do you think you try to balance? Oh, 100%. I think, I honestly think it's so much more important because energy, it's, it's so much more tangible and you can really, people can create such an illusion when they're on, right? There's, there's, when you're watching people, or even if, even if you were just, even if you were FaceTiming like this, you know, there is, there's something about tangible energy, like meeting each other, you know, like you, you can't beat that and you can't substitute that. So I think people need to get out there and they need to start communicating um, in the real world. You know, and that. So let's say like there's a listener that's traveling at the moment and they're quite lonely and they want to meet new friends. Where are the best places to go? Um, what you said if I'm traveling and I don't want to go online. No, yes, for instance, if there's like a solo traveler that's listening to this podcast, uh-huh, uh-huh. in a country, but they want to meet real life friends and people. I would say go to places that you truly want to go to, right? If you're, if you don't like going to bars or restaurants, then don't go there because you're not going to meet like-minded people, right? Go to places like say maybe you read a lot. So go to a library, you know, go to a library and just sort of notice if someone's reading an interesting book and ask them a question. Hey, what's that about? What are you reading? You know, or uh, perhaps um, if you're into yoga and meditation, then go take yoga classes or meditation classes, you know, and um, go do a course. I think, I think doing courses is the best way really to meet because you're, you're definitely then staying on purpose because you're expanding your own skills while, um, you know, interacting with like-minded people. So do a cooking course if, if you're into that, you know. Uh, anything, anything. It can be a circus course. Whatever your soul wants, you know, allow it, allow it to, especially when you're traveling, you've got no inhibitions, no one knows you, so why not? Des, like, how pivotal is, like, investing in yourself and your own skills, personal growth? How important is that to you extremely i think that's number one uh, people need to invest in themselves um i think particularly as women uh coming out of that generation x where you know obviously you know that the woman had to be almost like under a man um men are more used to that men are really used to investing in themselves because that's where they were taught to start with right mm-hmm. like, okay like all your efforts put into that and that's how you're going to be liked in society. That's how you're going to grow. Whereas the woman's more subservient. And I think for women, it's, it's crucial at the moment to start, like, don't put your attention on looking for a partner. You know, don't put your attention on looking good for a partner. We, we spend so much time, you know, trying to prep for that. And it's so important for us to just start, okay, what do I want to do? How do I want to be of service? You know, um, if you, do you want to be needed? Perhaps, you know, some people want to be needed. That's why they want that partner. Well, then be needed by, by the world, by society, by a bigger tribe. You know, it's so much greater. I think we should look at the bigger picture and, and say, like, how can I be of service? Like, what, what are my gifts? And start really, and, and not just, you know, not to be of service and be miserable, but when you're truly aligned with, with your purpose, it also brings you joy. 
Mm -hmm. right? So you have to invest every day. If you feel like, okay, this is what brings me joy then do it, do it every day, pursue it, you know, and there will always be, you know, you're always trying to sabotage yourself. Obviously you always try to find excuses, but try to push it, even if it's a tiny step, but do it every day, you know, say you want to be a painter and you don't even know how to start, or you feel like, okay, like I've got this talent, but maybe just, just, paint a stroke every day, you know, or you want to be a writer, write a sentence every day, you know, create quotes. Don't, even if you feel like they're terrible, just let it come out. And then brick by brick, start building your, your world, your universe. That's good advice. Desi, do you think self-sabotage is something we're always going to have, regardless of how much work we do? And if so, how do we keep it quiet? <laughs> I think we will um, because the theory is that in the theory of mind that we have, uh, we say that we are pri we're born with our primitive mind, which has our uh, fight and flight responses, right? And it's, it's a natural defense mechanism. So anytime you do, the body and the mind, they constantly want to stay in homeostasis, which is in balance, right? So the, the mind, it wants to create its world, it wants to create its known associations and build its little walls and stay in them. It wants to stay in this little castle, this little home, and it doesn't want to venture out because it's dangerous. It comes from that primitive mind of, say, when we're cavemen, you know, you're, you want to stay in your cave, you go out to hunt for food, and then you come back in. But say if you're, you're you know, you're a baby and you don't know yet how to do that. You're like a seven-year-old child and you're a, cave, a caveman child. And you get out of the cave and it's late at night and you've got no idea. Okay, whatever, it's dark. Like you're not really afraid. You're not taught to be afraid of the dark yet, right? So you go out and it's dark and then suddenly um, you hear a sound, like some sort of, you know, something happening in the bushes. You're like, okay, that's interesting. That's a sound. Then you start hearing a howl, but you've never heard a howl before. So you're like, oh, that's, that's a strange little, little sound, you know? And then you hear footsteps coming at you and then you look and suddenly there's a saber-toothed tiger coming at you. You escape it, if you manage to escape it, you run back to the cave and then you're you know, huffing and puffing and, and you're in what we call flight mode and you stay in your cave until danger passes. But what's going to happen the next day is now you come out of the cave and if it's dark, you're already being alerted. Uh-oh, dark, you know, warning number one. Then suddenly you hear something in the bushes. You're like, uh-oh, warning number two. And then you hear a howl. You're not even going to wait for warning number four. You're just back into your cave right mm -hmm. so now that's how we were that's how the brain is is taught to build its defenses once they happen once and especially with something life-threatening you just start to build your walls right you start to define your world and it's all there just to protect you it can it happens now for us emotionally right think about bad relationships you've got a traumatic relationship boom you're suddenly shutting off because your brain doesn't it's life-threatening your brain doesn't want you to go there because it's protecting the body. It's protecting your survival. So sabotage will always be there. Every time we're attempting to do something new, we, the brain is assuming that we are um, putting it at risk. We're putting the body at risk. So we'll continue to sabotage ourselves and go by the old rules because the old rules worked, right? They kept you alive. Mm -hmm. But, and, and, you know, even, you know, Scientists and psychologists, they all say that we haven't outgrown that primitive mind yet. Biologically, we just have not, even though we've moved so far and we've evolved so much. Our biological primitive monkey brain has not yet been defeated. So that's why we need those techniques. You know, we need meditation, we need hypnosis, uh, affirmations to keep rewiring the brain. Every time you, you, uh, you're exposed to something new, a new challenge, even though consciously you know that it's good for you, your subconscious and your monkey brain is going to say, no, 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 we've never ventured out that way. So we're going to stay in our little castle because it's safe and it worked before. And so how does hypnosis work to help me? How specifically does it help you overcome self-sabotage? Well, so in hypnosis, what we deal is, so I mentioned the primitive mind, right? That's something you're born with. And then on top of that, as a child, you build your subconscious mind. And your subconscious is where you start to like build your castle in a way, 
that's when you start to absorb uh, people's beliefs, you know, whatever parents tell you, whatever your teachers tell you. Up until you're about the age of eight, you're just a sponge. You cannot think for yourself. Some kids a bit earlier, some kids a bit older, like seven, sometimes nine. But up until that age, children are just pure sponges. They just take in and take in and they build the universe. They build their rules. And um, once you hit the age of about eight, then you put a lid on it and you start to build your conscious mind. But your conscious mind is just a very small, say like we, we say 88% subconscious, 12% conscious, right? And you build your conscious mind and you start to think for yourself. The child suddenly goes, oh, I don't, wait a minute, I don't know about Santa Claus. I'm not sure about the tooth fairy, you know, and you start to think for yourself. But that mind is just, like I said to you, just a 12%. And even though you know that something logically is good for you with 12%, 88% of you might not think so. So what the mind does, it, it's the thought stops at that lid, you know, what we also call the critical mind, the, the barrier between conscious and subconscious. And you'll stop on that lid and you'll go check in with your subconscious mind. What are your norms? What have you built in your world? What have you already reprogrammed? And if you've programmed that, say you want to quit smoking, something simple, right? You know, like smoking is bad for your health, uh, but the thought will stop at that critical mind. It's going to go down and check in with your norms, with your subconscious. And if your subconscious has a positive association to smoking, say like uh, your mom smoked or your favorite uncle smoked, you know, then if 88% of you, your subconscious mind, believes that smoking is actually good, it's not going to change it, all right? Mm-hmm. So in our subconscious, so what we do is in hypnosis, we get into our subconscious by silencing the critical mind. So we say we take off the lid, and now whatever you want with your conscious mind, we start to drop into your subconscious. So we're starting to reprogram and create new beliefs. Right, so I will ask you consciously, okay, why do you think smoking is bad for you? And so you give me all the reasons, you give me all your fears, and you give me all the positives from quitting. And so everything you just told me, I'm going to write it all down, and then I'm going to guide you into hypnosis, guide you into a peaceful state, into a theta state, theta brainwave, right? We're going to shut off the critical mind, and then we're going to go into the subconscious, and now that you have, we have your full attention, we have all your focus just on that, we're able to input the new information and start reprogramming. And so with one or two sessions, depending on how, how truly you believe it with your, subcon- with your conscious mind, right? Mm-hmm. If consciously you really believe it and you're like determined, then the subconscious is going to absorb it all very quickly. If consciously you're uncertain and not sure, it's going to take longer for us to drop it into the subconscious, right? It all depends on you. It all depends on the client. If somebody sent you, you know, if, if you say, oh, my spouse told me that I've got to quit smoking because it bothers them, mm, unlikely because you're not doing it for you. You're not actually believing that it's bad for you, mm-hmm. right? And that, was, that can be with anything. That's how it works with fears. That's how it works with, with achieving a goal, you know. If you consciously think, okay, this is what I want to do. This is definitely, I believe I can do this then we drop it in and it's much faster. If you've got doubts, it's not impossible. We take just, we just take, you know, I can take up to six sessions for us to start shifting that belief in you. It just takes a little longer because sometimes it's peeling layers also because then we discover, oh, okay, these are the things that are actually sabotaging me. Oh, these are traumas that, I'm, that are starting to pop up. Okay, so let's dissolve those and then continue to reprogram. I never understood hypnotherapy to be, you know, that powerful. I just had an aha moment whenever you're speaking. It's powerful stuff. Oh my God. It is. It literally is like you're taking a computer and you're entering new programs. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's incredible. That's why I say that when people like, oh, can hypnotherapy help me? And for me, sometimes I giggle on the inside because I'm like, Yes. <laughs> How can it not? You know, yeah, you can work with anything, like whatever you like. Um, I know that, for example, even psychologists, they love to work with us because, um, you know, people that, that are working on issues, like you can only talk so much with your conscious mind, right? Because you're not using the 12%. But if you actually want to see changes, you've got to start to involve the subconscious because that's where it all lives, you know? Do you think like some of us are hypnotizing ourselves every day? Oh, we're constantly in hypnosis. Actually, the state of hypnosis is very simple. 
You know, people say, oh, I don't think I can be happy. Yeah, you get hypnotized all the time. So you're watching a movie? What do you think that is? You know, we're hypnotized when we watch a movie because you're in hypnosis, you're, you're feeling, you're crying, you're laughing, you're emotionally involved. If your critical mind was activated, you would say, I'm just watching two actors in a black box. You know, or you wouldn't get involved, but you would get involved. Um, say like, you know, if you're driving, you're driving and, and then you come home and then you kind of remember the drive home. You're hypnotized. You know, you're in a complete state of hypnosis. When you're extremely tired, you know, you come up and you're like, say, I've heard people say, oh my God, I, can't, I forgot I bought that on Amazon. You were hypnotized, you know, ads are popping up and, and, you know, marketing companies, they bank on that. They know how to hypnotize you because they know that, okay, let's, let's turn on the commercials about 8 p.m. because that's when people come from work, the regular nine to five, you know, and then they're exhausted their mind is starting to they're starting to fall and then they'll be perfectly hypnotized because they're just already so tired over hypnosis happens when you're overloaded right when something is so much there's so many message units we call them message units they're coming in so much information is coming in the mind is overloaded and the critical mind is just going can't think anymore can't protect anymore shut down and then you're now you're you're living through your subconscious. And so you're very, you become very suggestible. So you're very suggestible to the commercials. You're very suggestible to the movie. If the movie had like a particular message, you know, it stays with you. Think about all the films that you loved. You're so suggestible to them. They stay with you for life. The books you read, you're reading a book, you're hypnotized. So a great way to like be aware of your thinking is meditation probably. Yes. Absolutely. Meditation and start off with guided meditations, you know, because the mind, it's, it's so much easier to veer off when you're not being guided because then all these thoughts come in, you know, so start off first with like guided stuff. So you can even find someone inside timer. There's an app called inside timer. It's great guided meditations, sometimes even on YouTube. It's just on YouTube. They're never really sorted out. So you want to make sure that you've got the, the right ones. I like Inside Timer because it particularly involves just, you know, uh, meditation teachers and therapists, so it's good. Um, and when the, when the subconscious mind is in that relaxed state, it now has a voice to, to abide to and start, you know, listening to it step by step. So then you're allowing all thoughts to dissipate and you're focusing on the voice and on the instructions the voice is giving you. So it's the easiest way to reprogram yourself through that. And what if someone is listening and they just think, right, I have an addiction, um, I'm just depressed, I'm just anxious, I have no way out. Do you think everyone has the ability to change their subconscious? Yes, absolutely. Every single person. There's not no one, you know, now I'm not going, I'm not going down on uh, uh, medical, I mean, uh, mental illnesses, because that's, that's not my specialty. I have no idea. Um, if it's only by referral and yes, we help ease symptoms. Um, you know, I have had a client, uh, with, uh, schizophrenia and we've definitely helped ease, um, and, you know, allow them to be much calmer and that really helps. Um, but when it comes to like general anxiety disorders, uh, addictions are, are difficult. Uh, addictions also cannot be worked on just with hypnosis, you need somebody to be monitoring the process all the time. Uh, that's why it's good, especially with, the, you know, uh, alcoholics or drugs to always have your 12 step program. You know, you want to have the, the support group. You want to have, you want addicts need to be surrounded by help 24 seven. You know, your hypnotherapist is only really there for you once a week, maybe twice a week if needed, but we can't do more than that on hypnosis. We like to leave, we like to leave about five days in between, five to seven days in between for the subconscious to process the information we've, we've fed into it and mm -hmm. see how, because it needs to, to assimilate it and then start applying it into the real world. And you want to give that time for it to like start making, and the changes are very subtle. You want them to be subtle so you don't, you don't notice them consciously and therefore you don't sabotage them, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but yes, everybody can be helped. And what about law of attraction? Do you think it impacts our subconscious? 
or do you believe in it? I hundred percent believe in it, and you know why? Because there's even a um, there's even a scientific proof of it. There's a part in our brain that is entirely dedicated to giving you more of what you are focusing on, right? So, um, say for example, if right now I asked you, find me the color yellow in the room. Suddenly, you're going to look at everything that's yellow, right? And maybe before that, you weren't even able to notice it, but now you will. So when you give the mind the task of like, okay, this is what I want, it's going to start to give you more of it. It's going to recall memories of someone that sometimes told you about the color yellow or that movie you watch and all the yellow in it. Or, you know, I'm just giving you a simple example, but it can be about wanting to focus on a goal. You know, uh, you can all of a sudden remember all the people um, that talked about this goal or somehow related to it. And then as you're going in your day to day, if you really set out the intention every morning, you will start to notice it. You'll start to see it. Now you're opening up to it. Right? Because the universe and the, the world itself, the earth itself, it's, there's so much. There's no, it's no, your brain cannot take everything. You know, you see everything, but at the end of the night, when you go to sleep in that first stage of your sleep, the brain starts to throw away everything that is not needed, right? So you can actually, you would even know how many cars you've seen today, but your brain throws the information away because it's not necessary and it's too much. You don't want to be overloaded, right? But we are, we notice everything. As human beings, you literally, you see everything, you just don't let it sink in because you don't need to. Mm -hmm. So when you tell the brain, actually, this is what we need to focus on. So please, everything related to that, let it sink in. It's going to start doing it. So vision boards are important. Looking at them. Extremely important. Yes. Vision boards are so important. Um, I, this was, there was a book uh, called You're a Badass love. by Jen Sincero. I love it. And you know how she said vision boards are the way you, you know, how you communicate with, with God, with the universe. And it's so true because yes, absolutely. I do believe in energy and I do believe that there is the source out there helping us also and guiding us. But I think on a purely scientific level, your brain, it's, it's, it's main job is that it's like, okay. So we looked at these pictures you know, we have our vision boards. These are our goals. Pictures are very important because the brain works in images. Mm -hmm. That was the first way of communicating. Language came way later. You know, so it's imagery that we speak with. Like, think about dreams. You dream in images, right? And then you try to add an intellectual meaning to it. And then you start to verbalize it and, and put vocabulary on it. But really, it's just images that create feeling. That's how you function as a human. You get images, images create feelings, life. <laughs> you know? um, so yes, vision boards are crucial. And you can do, you can do a Pinterest vision board. You know, it doesn't have to be an actual physical one. I, I prefer Pinterest personally because um, I can source so many images in such a short amount of time, right? And I can have them. And then at some point I feel, oh, okay, these don't stimulate me anymore. I need something fresher, something newer. So then you, you know, you delete the old ones, add something new. Because it does happen, you get accustomed to it. So like, do you think it's important also to write things down? Do you think that helps the subconscious like come to the surface? Yes, absolutely. So you can do this exercise with writing with your hand, not typing, like actually writing with a pen. Um, it's called an idiomotor response. It's basically after writing, uh, roughly after writing three pages, you start to put that critical mind to sleep and your subconscious comes out. So if there's any problem that you're working on, um, start to write about it, you know, just start to write and write and write and write. And you notice that after the third page, now you're writing without thinking anymore. You're not criticizing yourself, you're not analyzing. It's just like, wow, you know, you're just spewing it all out. That, that subconscious is just coming to the surface. So it's a fantastic way of, of figuring yourself out and, I, and sometimes people ask me like well how do i know that it's it's true you know like well if you're thinking it you you know you know what i mean like i even me as a therapist i don't know what's going on with you you know you tell me what's going on with you mm -hmm. 
I trust you. I just ask you the right questions. But the answers belong to you. They're within you. They generated the questions in the first place. Yeah, you're not a psychic. You just get on the boat to surface. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And yeah, you you know people. Uh, there's times when you can be better at it. You can sense energy. You can sense. You can do if you do NLP, body language. You know, and we're naturally good. But you don't even have to do a course in NLP. When you tune into each other, when we tune into each other, we already know the body is already communicating with you. Just mm -hmm. gotta focus. But every tiny movement of your body is already communicating something. And um, it's crazy with the journaling. Like whenever I write out my thoughts, it's like mm -hmm. therapy. And I read it over and I can't believe that it came out of me. It's like, wow. You see? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. yes. What other like self-care work have you started doing as part of your daily ritual from realizing the power of your mind? I I writing for me big, right? I love I love to and that might not happen on the daily, but I would like to I always like to summarize my week and be like, okay, what did I learn from this experience? What is it teaching me? Or even traveling. What am I picking up from this country? What are all the things that are coming to me? You know, things that I can benefit from. Uh, how am I growing from this? It's always important to, to ask yourself in the morning when you wake up, you know, just take a few moments to acknowledge how you're feeling. And if your dreams caused um, any, you know, because your dreams, especially your dreams in the morning, they're called your venting dreams. They're the ones you usually remember. And your venting dreams are there to vent out all your fears. That's why you often wake up feeling anxious or agitated, frustrated. Even if you don't remember it, you, would, you were venting dreams out. Everyone dreams. You know, people say, oh, I, I didn't dream last night. No, you just didn't remember it. You just shut. It's, it's a very fine line and you can quickly lose it, especially if you wake up with anxiety or you wake up by your alarm and you've got to go to work. The dreams just go. Because now your brain is like, okay, got to focus on the now. Mm -hmm. But if you really make sure to wake up a little bit earlier than your time and just try to recall your dreams, try to think, okay, what did I vent out? Um, you know, maybe you vented out that um, currently maybe you're going through a lawsuit or something and you're venting out that, oh, you, you got put in jail and you lost the lawsuit. Da, da, da. That's just a vent. That's just your fears being processed in your subconscious because your subconscious wants to see, okay, Let's present the scenario, live out the fantasy, think about all the possibilities, see how we can tackle the problem and then release it. And it's crucial for your brain to do that because it's doing all the work subconsciously. It's doing all the work for you while you're sleeping. Mm -hmm. Right? So in the morning, it's venting all those fears out. So you take a deep breath. You acknowledge that they were just dreams. They were just fears. You send a thought of gratitude because, okay, Thank you, brain. Thank you for allowing me to resolve this. Breathe it out. Then take, take in the room. Where am I? Then start to think about your day. And if there are things that are causing you stress, see yourself working through them with ease. Right? I often like to think about it as child's play. Like when you're a child, you know, you're, doing, you're playing and they were so serious, all these games, you know, playing with your dolls or playing hide and seek and you really got emotionally involved. And sometimes it's silly just to think, oh my God, so I was crying over like, you know, over Anna taking my favorite doll for the day. Something silly, like now it seems silly. Well, adult, adulthood is the same thing. It's just because there's more money involved. We think, oh, it's serious now. No, it's still child's play, you know? Mm -hmm. We're still just messing about. <laughs> so it's important to remember, hey, this is just fun. This is just, just games. How can I play this? How can I, how can I see me doing this task with the greatest ease and really see the task especially because when you already fantasize about the task and you see yourself doing it the brain remember the monkey brain that is too afraid of of the unknown you make it unknown to it right you present it you give it a bit of a blueprint okay this is how it's going to go and the mind doesn't know the difference between reality and fantasy so now it's thinking oh we've already lived through it so we're safe you know, so maybe it's that daunting task of, of, okay, today is the day I confront my boss and I'm asking about my promotion. 
So you really see yourself, okay, I'm walking into the office, this is what I'm gonna wear, this is what I'm gonna have for breakfast, then I'm gonna go into the office, I'm gonna sit down, I'm talking to my boss, I'm asking all the things. You don't have to imagine the outcome mm-hmm. because you don't also want to create expectations and disappoint yourself. But it's important for you, for your brain to see you doing it. Simply just, I'm in the office, I'm sitting down, I'm talking. That's all it needs already to take off a huge amount of anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's just that what it takes. And imagine yourself doing it calmly. Calmly, exactly, yes. Yes, just doing it. Just doing it calmly, just doing it like it's something that has to be done and that's it. But see yourself. Mm-hmm. So you'd visualize the head as a, as a part to, as a way of um, approaching the day from a good mindset. Do you also set goals and see yourself doing things long term? Yes, I do. Um, I set myself daily goals. You know, I'll set a goal and then I'll break it down and then I'll say, okay, these are the small action steps I can take towards it. Mm-hmm. Right, you wanna you wanna divide it into little bits mm-hmm. because when you when you give sometimes we give the big picture and then we sometimes we want to chunk it up into these giant pieces that we can't even tackle on a daily basis and then we get overwhelmed. And of course, what we do we just ignore it and we push it push it away. So it's important to give yourself little tasks, and it's also crucial to not just focus on working all day. Right, make sure that you take breaks. I always take breaks and. For me, I love to catch up with friends, especially because I travel. I've got friends around, so I'll like, you know, Skype with a friend, go for a walk, get the sunshine. It's very important to get some sun, right? Get some fresh air, get some sun in, then come continue your task. If things, if you feel like you're getting too agitated, if I, whenever I feel like, okay, then I have to step away from it. I'm, I don't want to push myself, even if I give myself 10 minutes, because then I'm not giving my best. And I'm, it's already becoming a chore and it's becoming something I'm hating and you don't want to come at anything with that energy and that feeling, right? So for me, that's very important. Another thing I, I love to do for, for self-care is taking showers before bed. That's like priority for me because it's washing off the day. I always imagine that energetically, like this, the water turns into like this rainbow energy and it just washes off and cleanses all my chakras, cleanses everything. And then I go to bed sleeping so well. You just feel so relaxed. You know. And they say that also the, the temperature, the temperature change prepares your body to sleep because you're coming from the, when it's really hot and then it kind of cools down. Your body is already preparing to like go to bed. Love that. And you mentioned there that you take breaks right throughout your day. How many minutes did you work on and off or just your intuition? What you say that how am I managing to do work on and off? Yeah, like are you regimental? Like I'll work for 30 minutes and then I'll go away for an hour and I'll come back. No, no, I don't like to set my, like I don't really set particular timings. Um, That's quite like masculine energy stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's just, yeah, it's a little too much for me. I feel like if, because I, I don't, I think I am not a, I'm not a big fan of rules. Mm-hmm. So if I set rules for myself and they're so rigid, it's more likely for me to rebel, right? And that's probably to do with like upbringing. I have very strict parents. So for me, that inner child is still rebelling whenever there are rules. So I like to give myself, yeah, to say, okay, like I'm just going to do the task until until I'm no longer interested in it um so and then so for example i write right so when i'm writing uh i get very excited but it comes and i can write for hours but i start to feel when my inspiration has just dried up (laughs) and then i'll say okay i can't keep pushing through it i'm just gonna go walk away you know maybe even through that five minutes something new comes up because sometimes when we're doing a task we're under so much pressure that like again we forget the fun of it we forget why we even started it so when you walk away and you're finally relaxed again, then the good ideas start to pop in. And then good things are starting to come. So that's why it's, it's crucial. Or even when you like completely change the topic and like I said, talk, call a friend and talk about their life and their issues for a second. And then boom, fresh. You feel fresh, you're refreshed, you, you've stepped away from, from the task. You're not thinking about it for a while. So it has time to sink in and give you new ideas and inspiration i love what you're saying there because it's like right whenever you're more self-compassionate and you look after yourself and don't take it too seriously 
you're going to get better results from the work you do. Always. Yeah. Every time, honestly, it's, it's just proved to me in my personal life. Every time I've tried to push myself too hard or, you know, go against what I'm feeling and go against the love and the fun, I've never succeeded. It's always been just, ugh. but whenever I've done stuff for fun and whenever I've just done them to in, and be of service, you know, and truly enjoy them, that's when all of a sudden the successes come, you know, when you least succeed, you're like, oh my God. And suddenly like you want it there and people saying, oh my God, your work here touched me and this is so beautiful. And, you know, everything is just working in your favor because you're not going against your own will going against what you love it's so important to do what we love and I think you um when you sent me some questions there was a question about uh, my I wanted to talk to you about my Instagram yes because that's important um so you see when I did my Instagram um and it it has a bigger following now I simply did it because I wanted to have a platform with images and daily affirmations and daily tips that made me happy so when i did that first i created a pinterest account and i started collecting like various pictures that made me happy and i said oh i looked at it, it looks like it looks like a, a children's book for adults right because uh, it was so colorful and it was all i found myself drawn to to paintings to art um and i said i'm just going to create the same thing on instagram and I'm going to put all the interesting information I find out, all my discoveries, all things that inspire me on it. Um, and I remember even my partner looked at it and said, oh, well, this is so girly. It's just, you know, if you're thinking to like grow as a, as a therapist, you know, you might want to address other audiences. And I said, you know what? I'm just not going to address anything. I'm just going to do what makes me feel good. You know, what inspires me. And if people resonate with it, they'll come, you know? And sure enough, um, I started posting and then I had some bigger influences repost my, my posts. And then suddenly I started getting uh, you know, followers and I kept consistent. I posted every single day, every morning, you know, it, and it made me happy. I was like, oh, I'm going to post. I'm going to find a beautiful, you know, at night I'll find some beautiful um, art that really inspired me and spoke to me. And then I'll, uh, I'll think of, either a meditation or, or, or something or a piece of knowledge or whatever I come across and I'll, I'll, I'll save it all. And then I'll, you know, the, whatever that morning feels like to me, I'll just write that, you know, I'll expose that. And next thing I know is just my, it started growing and growing and growing and growing. And I, I started really posting and investing into it um, January of this year. And we're now in September and that's the following I accumulated. And you're still having fun. And I'm still having fun. Yeah. And the days when the days, if I, if I'm not feeling it, I'm not going to post, you know, I'm not going to force myself to do it. Um, it's just, this was also a perfect example to, to tell me and to, to prove to me that you don't have, when you're really loving something, mm-hmm. you don't have to have, you know, a strategy or you know to be like we have you know the thing is strategy we have subconscious strategies right Mm -hmm. subconsciously we do know it's not like we're not just walking around aimlessly but it's trusting that just trust your subconscious strategy trust your intelligence don't underestimate yourself we constantly underestimate ourselves so you really believe in yourself trust yourself trust that it is good enough that you what you've got to say is needed Otherwise, you know, otherwise I feel like you wouldn't be on this earth. You wouldn't be doing what you're doing. You know, we're constantly affected by each other and nothing is more or less important. Everyone has their weight. Everyone has an importance value. So let's say someone's listening that dreams of working freelance from the laptop, wherever they want in the world and like the health and wellness feed like yourself, Desi, and are so inspired, but they would be like, they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to build that following that you have. They don't know um, where to start. Do you think that if you should take your time and just realize that there is a period where you're not going to you know, get much momentum at the start? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. You've got to take your time. You've got to feel your way through it. Mm-hmm. You know, at first, don't, don't do it because you 
don't do it because you want to have some expect. You know, you've got expectations of like uh, a certain following or a certain amount of money you want to make. Like, yes, you can have the idea of like, oh, that would be great to do this and dream about it. Absolutely, envision it, see it. Like, start in your mind, imagine it, and make, most importantly, how does it make you feel? You know, make sure that it's really aligning with how you feel and it's making you feel joy. You know, because if it's not joyful and if you're doing it just because like, well, I've got, I want a job that does, you know, that I just want any job that will, you know, allow me to travel. No, you've got to really align with it. Is this something I want to do? You know, and, and then start at first, obviously solidify your practice in reality. Like make sure you've got enough clients in your day-to-day -day life, create, create a business, reach out, uh, you know, make posts. Uh, like I found some, some groups um, on Facebook, for example, and I said, hey, I'm offering free sessions when I first started out. And I said, hey, I'm offering free sessions and I had so many people sign up. You know, everyone wants a free hypnotherapy session, <laughs> you know? So you've got like, every time you're dealing with, with healing practices, there will always be an audience for it. Mm -hmm. You know, we all need healing. We all want to stay aligned. We all need help. So you always find people that will gravitate towards you and you'll be, you're not gonna attract everybody. You'll just attract the people that are meant to come to you. And that's okay. And it's fine. You know, oftentimes we'll get ourselves over like, oh, I couldn't help this person or that person. It's fine. You'll help the people you need to help. And the rest will find their way. And, you know, you're not responsible for everybody. Mm -hmm. So make sure that you've got that, that down first. Um, and then slowly start to, like I said, create a vision board. Start to imagine, okay, what do I want to say with my Instagram, you know, or whatever it is that you're creating. Do I want to make videos? You know, do I want to have, you know, daily, uh, do I want to guide daily short five-minute meditations? You know, maybe that's what I want to do. Um, what is the, like, what is the essence of it? And then try to find, if you're posting, find images that portray that essence. You know, and again, take your time. Maybe you don't want to keep your Instagram open for a while. Maybe have it private and just first try a few images out, see how you like it, see how they're all coming together. Maybe after a few weeks, your style changes. Maybe like, oh, actually, I want to go in this direction now. Experiment. How f we, we, we're so in a rush and it's in a normal, you know, it's the previous generation. And everything has to be, you know, nine to five. You've got to get stuff done. Whatever generates you the most income, that's what you've got to do. No time to waste. Go, 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 go. What is this whole dreaming thing? Stop the dreaming. Stop the, you know, stop wishful thinking. Go, do. No, you have to be in the, I call it the incubation process. You've got to say, you know, you've got to go through that process and you've got to be actively having fun, like actively playing. Not just being, you know, doing nothing. And just you know watching netflix all day but like actively playing and like how do you prevent yourself from wasting a day just scrolling on instagram or youtube like how do you be like right that's enough time there like how do you discipline yourself that way um yes you've got to you've got to just feel it like right so when i i i've tried to follow even on instagram i try to follow the things that truly inspire me or things that bring me knowledge so for me i start I've said to myself, okay, social media is like reading a newspaper back in the day, mm -hmm. right? Like the first thing in the morning, they read the newspaper. People would, you know, take the newspaper. And I said, okay, it's the same thing. But now we've got, in the newspaper, you can control what you're being fed. I actually, with my social media, I can. I can go and follow all the pages that inspire me, that I feel are aligning with my vision and, and my needs and wants. And I will look through that. Mm -hmm. So when I'm scrolling, you know, it'll be like, oh, um, neuroscience or psychology or you know magic um or inspirational quotes inspirational art and i allow that to inspire me and when i feel like okay now i'm no longer i'm just aimlessly scrolling the feeling it's no longer charging me with with knowledge and 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 it's not longer giving me that feel-good sensation uh, not the fake dopamine addic addictive feel-good sensation but more like is it stimulating my brain Mm. is it stimulating any kind of growth and inspiration if it's no longer doing that i'm like okay put it down i'm you know you feel yourself shift you know okay this is now i'm just scrolling because i'm i'm addicted now i'm just looking at images and would you ever direct try and leave your phone away for a part of the day and just spend time without technology yes yes i've done that especially if i go on walks um 
I would leave, I would leave my phone. Mm-hmm. If I know that I'm safe, you know, and I don't need my phone yeah. uh, for safety reasons, you know, I would, yeah, I would leave it. Absolutely. I would leave it and spend some time away and, and it's fun. You know, if sometimes you've got people saying, oh my God, I'm trying to reach you. It's like, well, you'll reach me on my time because I can't be of service to you if I'm not my best. It's funny, it's, I only had this realisation this week, like I love to travel, I love my freedom, it's like the most important thing to me, having freedom, and then I realised mm-hmm. I'm literally a slave to my phone, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think yeah. whenever I leave my phone in the house and go away to the park, Absolutely, yes, exactly, and that's great, go away in nature, mm-hmm. go away in nature and recharge yourself something completely different and plant yourself in reality you know it's good to to look up on social media don't forget that that's just an illusion and it can inspire you to a certain degree but then you've got to sometimes it can cause resentment it can cause you know it makes you feel like you're not good enough like other people are doing better than you you know and all that illusion it's all false so yeah. it's important to step away and really plant yourself in reality and go look at real people take the metro you know <laughs> yeah yeah see the world around you be back in the present moment yes be present so do you have a meditation practice speaking of being present i do um i i usually like i i personally also adore guided meditations so i love doing guided meditations um particularly when i've got questions that i want to answer within myself um I find that I love to start my meditation by a voice guiding me. And then from there I can go off and start to allow my own imagination, um, you know, to take over and, and give me the answers. Um, I like to go and meet my guides, you know, what I call my guides or also like my wisest part of myself, the wise one and have a chat and see what's going on. Um, but I find the easiest way to drop into that is by a guided meditation. Uh, sometimes I'll do practices just like breathing practices, right? So I'll imagine I like to, to, um, there's a book called the energy codes and in that one, it teaches you, you know, how to start, um, tightening each one of your chakras to start to feel them. And the root chakra for me is very important because that's where all your energy, you know, our energy is constantly being dispersed. So in that one, it tells you to imagine that your energy isn't, your dispersed energy has the shape of these balloons spread all over the room. And when you tighten your root chakra, it's basically your kegels in women, um, you imagine taking all those balloons back and grounding yourself. I love that. I'm going to try that one. So, yes, I love that too. It really helps like get that imagery in the whoop and then all your balloons are back with you. And then you can sort of sit up straight and then, and then just do your breathing and imagine like releasing the, the, it's very important for me to release the physical body mm-hmm. because any, you know, sometimes any psychological uh, anxiety that you may have is first locked in the physical body, mm-hmm. right? So you've got to make sure to release that just to like breathe into any parts of tension in your body and just really just release them. I like to imagine colors. I like to like imagine that I breathe out colors and I breathe in like a new color. Maybe like I'll breathe out blue and then I'll breathe in like bright yellow. So it's like intuitive, whatever color comes to you or is it like colors that are matching the past that you mentioned? It's more intuitive, yeah. I always allow whatever colors are coming to me at that point, whatever color, because I feel like, you know, that is what's, that what, that's what wants to come out. So I just let it. Desi, I have a few quick fire questions for you, if that's okay. Yes, of course. What is your secret talent? Um, I don't, you know, see, I don't think that I've got, I don't know that I've got a secret talent because every time I discover I've got a talent, I just want to share it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, so really I've always said, Oh, I think I'm, I'm good at this. I'm just going to like share that. And, um, so I don't know that I've got, it. I've always, I've always explored all my talents. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I wouldn't say that, you know, it's, it wouldn't be egocentric. It's more like, like I said to you before, I think every talent is your gift. And I think 
you can't, we should not be hiding our gifts because they're serving someone. I love that. Yes. <laughs> Great advice. What is your greatest fear? My greatest fear, you know, it might, it probably, when I, the first thing honestly that comes to me is my childhood greatest fear, which was losing my parents. Um, it is. So perhaps maybe that translates into um, losing my ground, losing safety and protection, perhaps, because I think we're, no matter how, how grown up we are, our parents will always represent that for us, you know, uh, our, our security, our safety. So um, my greatest fear would be losing them. What is your favorite word? Love. I love love. <laughs> in all in all its forms, I love love. What book do you gift the most to other people? The Alchemist. Ooh, good choice. Yes, I love The Alchemist. Are you reading any good book at the moment? Yes, I'm actually reading a Bulgarian book. It's a beautiful book. Um, it's called God's Keeper. And I love it because it's about old pagan Bulgarian traditions. It's about a woman who is quite lost and she ends up in, in her, um, in back, back, back in her home country, which is Bulgaria. And uh, she ends up meeting, encountering these three amazing old grandmas um, that teach her all about tradition, that teach her all about healing, all about the soul. It's very philosophical, beautiful, and uh, talks about staying true to your roots and how your soul always picks the country it wants to be born in for a reason. So never to ignore that and that you're not necessarily, you don't have to live there, but to always remember where you've come from and why you, you chose to be rooted this particular lifetime in that particular country, region. Is that like in English, the book? No, sadly, it's only in Bulgarian. I keep saying like, oh, I wish they could translate it in English oh. because it's such a powerful book. It's got so many amazing traditions and, and so many pagan rituals, um, you know, from it really, it's like a, it's almost like a witch's guidebook, but in a very traditional, earthy way. Wow, that sounds yeah. so good. It is. I wish, I wish they could. I'm hoping that the author will get it translated into other languages because people, I think the world has to read it. Debbie, one last question. What is your legacy for this life? My legacy? I, I, I would hope for it to, for people to have been touched um, by, by my, by my stories um, and by, but I guess to be in, inspired to live light, to be inspired to, to enjoy their emotions and briskly move through them and just go on to the next adventure and the next and the next and the next because life is an adventure and we're here for such a short time um, there's so much to experience and I think the more you allow yourself to let go faster the faster you can pop into the next phase and the next phase and learn so much more and I've tried to do that with my life and I know it's very very challenging and very difficult because again you know we talk about the monkey brain everything wants to pull you down and keep you safe and hold you in but the more you can just push past that and find practices of, of releasing and the faster you can move on, it's just there's so much. I love that. Deva, you're a star and you're really inspiring. I've no doubt you've touched <laughs> the hearts of many of the listeners. Thank you so much. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. I love that and I hope I hope I have. I I really hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Desi and you feel really inspired to take more empowered action in your life and to tap into your creative side, whether that be through looking at inspiring art on Pinterest, through journaling, through trying hypnosis, whatever it means for you. I have another exciting announcement to make. 
The Abundance Mastery Coaching Programme is going to start on the 1st of December. This programme is for a small group of individuals who are really committed to lasting change in their own life. This is for you if you have a scarcity mindset, if you feel like you're just going through the ropes, if you desire greatness but you just don't know how to create the transformation in your life. We can't do anything alone and we all need mentors and coaching programs if we want to accelerate our growth. By the end of this program, you will be abundantly attracted to new experiences. Money will come easier to you. Your health will improve. Your relationship to yourself and others will improve. Because whenever you invest in yourself and in your growth, that is where the magic happens. And I can speak for myself and my own experience. It wasn't until I invested in myself that this serious transformation did take place. So if you'd like to learn anything about that program, please let me know because I am looking for a certain type of person and I want to make sure that you are a good fit for it. I will speak to you next week on the next podcast episode and I am sending you all so much love and light.